Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. So we're going spooky today. Spooky. And on the spooky theme, what was the scariest movie you remember seeing as a kid? Oh, the scariest? Yeah, like what freaked you out when you were younger? Um, Still to this day, Jaws. Can't go in the ocean without hearing that stupid score. Oh my gosh. Yes, I, I have been afraid of sharks my whole life from that. From Jaws, really? Yes, from the movie, yeah. And it's funny to go back to this isn't where we cover, but Universal Studios and see the the shark. yeah the shark it's come up so bad. I it can't is. believe that that actually scared me. Yeah. But yes, for sure. Jaws. Peter Benchley, just very very uh, weird random side note. The guy who wrote the book Jaws, Peter Benchley, lived uh-huh. in the little village in Connecticut that I got married in. Whoa. So we, we go by Peter Benchley's house all the time. It's like, hey, Peter Benchley. Hey. Which is kind you, of neat. No, I get that. wrote the scariest book of life. I feel like yeah, that is. Yeah, no, Jaws is kind of, a, for especially for a specific generation, Jaws was a big one that really yes. affected people. I mean, people weren't going in the water for a while after Jaws. I bet it's still like if I'm in a pool by myself. But that's a choice. I When I was little, I would 
swear a shark was going to come out of the hole under my diving board. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. That's not how it works. <laughs> no, but when I was little, all of a sudden I'd hear the da da and I would just start da-da. racing to the steps, racing oh, like a crazy my. kid. But as a, that's a choice. You can avoid the water. My scariest thing growing up I couldn't avoid because I couldn't not sleep. Oh. And it was Nightmare on Elm Street. <gasps> Yeah. Just the worst. And my brother knew how much it scared me. So to keep me out of his room, he got a Freddy Krueger poster and just plastered it on the wall. (laughs) So that he knew I would, I just like, then I'd stay out of his room. Yeah, that scared the the bejeebers out of me. Crazy though. When I was on the Cheetah Girls and we were doing tours, Keely and I would watch a marathon of scary movies. Like our thing was Saw. The Saw oh, series. Geez, no. So good. So good. I mean, I have so many times getting off the bus in the middle of the night, going to our hotel room and booking it to Keely's room and knocking on the door like, I can't stand by myself. I got to stay here. I got to oh, stay yeah, in no, your room. That's too freaky. I don't like anything that messes with my sleep or my eating. And yeah. so bats, horror movies. I loved yeah, uh-uh. it, though. I loved mm-hmm. it. I don't get to watch them very much because Jordan, my husband's not a big fan of scary movies. See, thank you. Jordan and I are going to get along. Very, very well. I can already Yeah, tell. I can't I can't watch them anymore because I'm not going to watch them by myself. That's yeah, just no. insane. Not interested. <laughs> not interested. But welcome to Magical Rewind, the show that makes you want to grab your friends, your PJs, and your popcorn and go back to a time when all the houses were smart, the wave tsunamis, and the high school's musical. I'm Will Friedle. And I'm Sabrina Bryan. And we've got one for you today. We are jumping off the DCOM list. I know. And going to our second Wonderful World of Disney. And there's a big difference between the DCOM and the Wonderful World of Disney. <laughs> a huge difference. In a number of reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. A huge difference. Yeah. I mean, first of all, uh, the, it's mostly based around adult actors, which the right. DCOMs are not. It's mostly based around the kids. True. There's certainly a bigger budget. Yes. Usually some sort of a, a period piece or a big kind of set piece. I mean, this, our our movie today... Uh, is no different. So strap in and hold your pennies, and you're going to know what that means. Because this week, we are going <laughs> spooky with the 1997 Wonderful World of Disney movie, Tower of Terror, which was a major, major moment uh, in time for the Disney company and for ABC and for everybody else, because it's a movie that would change pop culture forever. And I know you're thinking that's a very hyperbolic claim, but it's true. And <laughs> because this was Disney's first ever attempt at making a movie based on one of their theme park attractions, which just flipped the script from what they normally did because they usually made rides based on films that already existed. Yes. And this they reversed. So it would become a practice even to this day that stayed part of the studio's, you know, synergenic game plan. Uh, And we are, of course, talking about that the entire title is The Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, which is open originally at Disney World in 1994. We were actually, I think... That was one of the things that the cast of Boy Meets World was flown down there for was the opening of Tower of Terror. But we'll we'll talk about all that. But that was three <laughs> years before this movie came out. Right. And by the way, if you want to watch along with us, it's available. Uh, Tower of Terror is available for free on YouTube. So go check it out or, uh, you know, sit with us while we talk about it and then go check it out. Either one works. Yes. Have you been on Tower of Terror? Oh, a ton of times. A ton of times at both at both parks at Di- yes. Di- is there one at Disneyland? So it's not at Disneyland. It's at California Adventure, which right. is across okay. connected. And it's Guardians of the Galaxy now, right? It is. Yep. And okay. I am not as big of a fan of it as that. I'll be honest. I liked it when it was the original Tower of Terror. It felt more classic. Yeah. 
it didn't ruin it. It's pretty much the same thing. It's the decor that's in the inside as you're walking through. You know, that ride is never, I swear, never under 40 minutes long to to wait for. Right. So I've been on this one a lot, but I have been at the one at Walt Disney World. Yeah. And love it too. I, I can't remember which I know when I was younger. There was one that was like a quicker or longer fall of some sort. I want to say that was Florida, maybe. Was it? Okay. Maybe like yeah. it's a bigger ride. Of, I yeah. think so. Because we did, there was, it was much more of a grand story when it was Tower of Terror. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is great, but it kind of, they get you up, you watch a screen and then they added a bunch of drops. So yeah. the ride itself is maybe better because you, you experience it more. But I felt like the story involving Tower of Terror was better. Yes. It was kind of all encompassing. It's a it's creepier leading up to it. Yeah, and it's there a was creepy more vibe. They built the story and they did all this kind of stuff. So I think this was one. I can't remember if this was one of the ones they brought us down to, but outside of Tower of Terror, I distinctly remember was the first time myself, Ben Savage, and Ryder Strong looked over and we saw Michael J. Fox. Oh, and Ryder Strong and myself, especially he's one of our idols. So we looked at each other and said, we can't not take this opportunity. So we walked over and Ben said, excuse me, sir. And he looked up with a big smile and said, did you just call me, sir? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, Ben, I know your brother. I've met you before. Are you kidding? And then we, he just <laughs> launched into this conversation. He was the nicest human being. They always say, don't meet your heroes. But oh man, he just, everything I thought he was going to be was that much, it was that times a thousand. Wow. And it all took place right outside of the Tower of Terror ride. And then we spent the nice. night just riding this thing over and over and over again with different celebrities. So there's pictures of us with like Bill Nye the Science Guy, and oh. Corbin Burnson, and all these people they would just throw us on the ride with. Oh, wait, just to get those pictures? To get the pictures at the end. And and, uh, and the I've told this story on Pod Meets World, and we always kind of shake our heads that they let us do this. But back in the day, when we would get the private backdoor passes and get to go to the, the park, they the would- plaids. The plaids. Right. You'd get They'd the put plaids. us in the ride. They would shut down the cameras. They wouldn't put anybody else in the ride with us. And then they wouldn't put the safety bars down. <gasps> So we could literally, what? we would lie across the seats and as it dropped, we would be sideways in the air and like two or three of us would be completely no. out of the seats in the air. They'd come around and pretend to like lock it, <laughs> like you're good. And <gasps> it was, I mean, we had more fun doing things we shouldn't have done on that ride. Oh my, it was, that is shocking. I cannot imagine. It was so cool. That. <laughs> That is so dangerous. It was so I, much fun. I'm so it glad was... you made it, Will. This oh, yeah, be... you're in like a box thing. We're fine. But, oh, oh, you we could had... hit the ceiling and drop down and hit the... You guys probably look like cartoons on that. It was wow. so much fun. That's oh. why I started with Grab Your Pennies because Bill Nye, the science guy, when we went on, said, all right, everybody hold the penny. And the picture is, as you drop, the penny stays where it is. So the pennies Ooh. above all of our hands as we're sitting there looking at the camera because of science. Oh. Um, so, yes. Wow. Huge fan of the ride, as are you. The question I have for you is, were you a huge fan of the movie? You know, I don't know if it was for me. I, I liked it a lot, mm -hmm. but I feel that I have kind of fallen in love with every movie we've done so far. And I didn't fall in love with this one. I really like yeah. knowing that I like scary movies. I like to get like, you know, I didn't get scared 
really right ever I don't know it was it was sad to me because I I really was excited to to fall in love with another movie right and it was good it was great kind of kind of in the forgettable category for you yeah, like you enjoyed me. it but you're not going to turn around and watch this again right away no I, you know I might this might be one of Monroe like introducing her I didn't know if it was going to be actually really scary so I didn't right. have her watch it Right. When she's ready for maybe a little bit more of a scary movie, I think this would be great to watch with her. You know, I, I yeah. love that aspect. But for me, I guess if I was wanting a scary, spooky movie, I want to like get chills and kind of, ah! okay, you know, that kind of thing. And that just never happened. I kept waiting for it. Yeah, it's the it's the Disneyfied version of yeah. Spooky. So I, I, it's not that I didn't like it. So nobody come trolling me, <laughs> freaking out about it. It's just that I just didn't fall in love with it. Okay. And I really thought I was gonna. Hey, that's you're you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to that's do that. That's an honest answer. Yeah. Okay. I'm not here to lie. I liked it. I did like it. Um, I liked the story. I liked how with a wonderful world of Disney, they kind of went more in depth than a decom. So there's a great backstory, there's a big right. set pieces, the elaborate costumes, good mm-hmm. music. Um, so stuff like that I enjoyed. I I I felt like they were swinging for the fences and maybe they didn't knock it out of the park, but it was definitely a stand-up triple for me. I thought it was good, yeah. not to mix metaphors, but <laughs> All right, so let's before we get stuck here on the 11th floor, yes. we'll get to the synopsis. So, with the help of his niece, a disgraced newspaper reporter investigates an abandoned luxury hotel where 60 years earlier, five people mysteriously disappeared in an elevator. Now, unlike the ride, the movie is not connected to the Twilight Zone, but they did make a very distinct decision in hiring DJ McHale to write and direct the movie. And DJ was the co-creator of the legendary hit Nickelodeon show, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which I was on. One of my favorite shows. I was on Are You Afraid of the Dark. It was a ton of fun. Uh, I shot an episode up in Montreal, and it was a great experience and a wonderful show. Um, So this kind of seems like their attempt to jump into the goosebumps mm-hmm. kind of uh vibe of young not even horror young spooky i think spooky, is what you would yeah. say like yeah. like you don't say um violence in disney movies you say action right. so you wouldn't say horror in disney movies you say spooky yeah it's not gory and i get slashing and blood splattered right. on you no it's not saw <laughs> thankfully um <laughs> but they so they obviously knowing they wanted to start this whole new genre they hired DJ McHale, who was one of the pioneers of this genre. Right. The movie stars Steve Gutenberg as Buzzy Crocker, another great Disney name. That's one thing Disney does very well, who was a huge star in the 80s. For all of our listeners who are maybe on the, the younger side, Steve Gutenberg was in everything. Yes. Huge, huge comedian. I mean, he was in Cocoon, Diner, Three Men and the Baby, Ugh. Short Circuit, which was a huge movie yes. for kids my age with with number five, Johnny Five the Robot, which was the coolest number thing five, in the world. Johnny Number Five. Oh, so cool. I loved those. But he also did like 62 Police Academy movies. There was a bunch of those. Yes. So this he was in just everything. For the Disney fans out there coming off the 1995 Disney movie, The Big Green which he did before Tower I, I had to look the big green up. I did too. I had I no didn't idea know what, what that, that was. was. We'll have to watch that one eventually too. We'll just do a Gutenberg week. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a young actress that nobody's heard of still. I don't know what happened to her. Her name is, uh, I want to say Kirsten. <laughs> Kirsten Dunst, is that right? Uh, who obviously, Dunst? of course, Dunst. Is it Kirsten Dunst? Uh, it's Kirsten Dunst, who plays Anna yes. Patterson. She's Buzzy's niece, and she's, uh, of course, along for all the adventures. And she was already a big star by this point because Interview with yes. the Vampire came out where she was 
with Tom Cruise and Brad oh. Pitt. She had to kiss Brad Pitt, which made the news everywhere because she was like 11. She had to. Poor thing. Well, she's like 11 years old. It was super cute. <laughs> yeah, was, I get, that is weird. That it is was weird. weird. Um, but she got nominated for a Golden Globe. <laughs> I think she was like 11 years old at the time. She was also in Jumanji uh, and, has, uh, of course, has since become a huge Hollywood A-lister. Virgin Suicides, Bring It On, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Power of the Dog. And, of course, was MJ in the original Spider-Man franchise, which, of course, being a big nerd, is uh, I'm a huge fan of. She's already been nominated for four Golden Globes, uh, one Academy Award, and has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which, for me... Uh, I'm saying it right. Kirsten. Yes. Kirsten. Dunst. <laughs> we know we were joking. <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, the Hollywood Walk of Fame is the only thing I had ever wanted in my career. I don't care about Golden Globes. I just wanted just saying like, hey, you can walk over my name. That's really cool. So yes, she has I, that already. Uh, uh, Nia Peebles. So amazing. Another great 80s mainstay. Yes. Plays Jill Perry, who's Buzzy's ex-girlfriend and former editor. She was best known as an R&B and pop singer in the 80s. But transitioned mm-hmm. into acting. She was on Fame. She did Walker, Texas Ranger. And our producers do these wonderful background checks. And one thing they didn't write is one of the greatest films in the history of the world, which we <laughs> talked about because we've talked about Brink and Johnny Tsunami, which was my Johnny Tsunami growing up, an amazing surfing movie called The North Shore, which was just mm-hmm. the coolest thing in the world. So uh, go check out North Shore. She was amazing in that. She hosted her own music dance show called The Party Machine and then was on Pretty Little Liars later. So the cast is Amazing. Melora Hardin, another Stacked. one. Stacked. I mean, absolutely. Melora Hardin plays Caroline Crossman and Claire Poulet, who we find out during the <laughs> film, uh, of course, is the French word for chicken. Um, <laughs> you know her as Jan Levinson or Jan Levinson Gould originally on The Office, but she was also nominated for an Emmy for her work on Transparent. Uh, could you tell? I mean, did you, sometimes you say it throws you. Could you tell she was both the ghost and no, not? No, that did really? not get me. <laughs> yeah. So it did knew. not get me. It was instant. I was All right, just he's talking to a ghost. They didn't uh they didn't hide it very well. It didn't seem no. like they were really trying to and all. No, fairness. I didn't I don't think they were really trying that much. No. I, he just had no idea, I guess, because he didn't look at he hadn't seen the newspaper. Yeah, they didn't have any pictures of the people that were in yeah. the elevator, I guess. I guess yeah. I guess not. And Michael McShane is another one who plays Chris Q. Todd. He's the hotel's caretaker and the heir to the building. And you might recognize him from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was in Office Space, Richie Rich. He was also on a little television show called Brotherly Love with three friends of mine, the Lawrence Brothers. Uh, and lastly, speaking of people that I know pretty well, <laughs> yeah. uh, almost like a sister, I would say. Uh, Lindsay Ridgway plays Sally Shine, the child star who disappears on that fateful night and now haunts the hotel. She, of course, played the second Morgan Matthews on Boy Meets World and was there for five seasons. Shout out to Lindsay, who is the sweetest person you'll ever meet in your life, was a wonderful little sister. And frankly, I thought was great in this movie. So adorable. She totally embodied that Shirley Temple kind of vibe. Shirley Temple. That little blonde Shirley Temple. So adorable. Oh my goodness. She was great. Uh, The movie runs 89 minutes long, which is one minute away from that 90-minute bullseye we were always trying to hit. It debuted on October 26, 1997, which is perfectly timed for the All Hallows Eve night. And it was filmed at the actual Tower of Terror in Orlando. And then some of it on a soundstage in LA. But when you can make a ride that good that you can go and shoot a movie at it and it looks cool. I mean, think about the young actors that were there feeling like Ugh. I'm filming at Walt Disney World every day. Have you ever shot at a theme park? I've shot stuff for, you know, Disney 365 or there was certain things that were offset stuff. Right. And but not never our movies ever 
film there. Or I never was in a show that filmed there. It was just like interviews and stuff like that, where they give you the plaid, the the people that walk you around and you get in the back entrance of everything, all the rides, any restaurants, everything like that. So I've gotten that, but I haven't like shot every single day as as far as an episode would be shot. It's so much fun. I remember for the 35th anniversary or 50th anniversary, some anniversary for Disney, Melissa Joan Hart and I hosted something where we had to shoot at the Magic Kingdom and they wanted it to look like we had the whole park to ourselves. So we had to shoot at night. So the park closed and it's just Melissa and I for eight hours at a closed down park in Disney World. And in between shots, they're like, yeah, just go on rides. So we just would walk around having the park tour. So it's one of the coolest things in the world. It really is. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So the movie kicks off with a flashback. It's 1939. It's a huge, big Halloween party. We witness a high society celebrity couple, a bellhop, a Shirley Temple-like child star, and her nanny disappear into a moving elevator when the hotel is struck by green lightning on the way to the hotel's <laughs> rooftop, which is called the Tip Top Club, which is a great name for a club. Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to kind of the decom Halloween-y movie, we have Under Wraps, we have Halloween Town, Don't Look Under the Bed, Twitches, but this one essentially kicks off where you might not know this, but then when it cuts to 60 years later, with killing five people. Yes, dead, gone. I mean, start straight up murder. Yep, gone. <laughs> yeah, gone. Right from the start. Right from the start. Little girl, nice couple, the bellhop who seems like he's a he's a, a nice chap and the nanny. In the first 90 <laughs> seconds of the movie, we're killing all five of these characters. Right. And then yeah. it cuts to the next scene, which is a photography session of a, like a 15-year-old almost getting killed by <laughs> an actor who doesn't know what he's doing with this giant real knife. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> Where are we going yeah, with this? Yeah, he's got the this? medical saw and she's dressed in, <laughs> supposed to be an alien because he's, Steve Gutenberg yes. is, works for like, the Sun magazine or one of these kind of bad magazines where it's, you know, an alien stole my mother kind of magazines. Yeah, it's the Inquisitor. Is that? Yes. And he's faking the pictures and uh, yeah. they almost kill. So Kirsten, pronounced correctly, Dunst, almost <laughs> dies as well in the first two minutes of right, this movie. Right, that's what I'm saying. It all happens so fast. It does. <laughs> this is going to, I felt like this is going to be the shortest movie I ever watch. <laughs> so they're starting with a tone, that's for sure. Yep. A uh, little crazy. So mod we cut to modern day after these five people are horribly killed in front of us. Um, and we get Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. We find out, like we said, Buzzy was fired from his Los Angeles, uh, the Los Angeles Banner, which is a mm. fake newspaper here in L.A., uh, for <laughs> publishing a story that turned out to be fake. They blamed him for it. He hasn't been able to work since. And they've really set it up to where this guy, his whole life is just about getting that next story so he can get back to where he is. Consequences be damned. Yeah. Yep. Craving the glory of the the number one story on the banner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Craving the By the glory. way, do you remember 90s tabloids? Do you remember how great the 90s tabloids, like the really tabloidy tabloidy was? Like, no. Bat Boy found and... No. I don't remember any of I that. I encourage everybody out there to go and if it's still in publication, I think it is, it's called the Weekly World News. Okay. And it is literally, and I'm not, this is not hyperbole. It is literally <laughs> some of the best comedy writing you will ever read because it's all tongue in cheek. It's all, you know, a vampire is really my uncle kind of stuff. But the articles are written so wonderfully. It's just funny. But is it trying to put off like he is as it's real? No. It's, it is a joke. It's both, but it's. Okay. Okay. Exactly. You know. Because he was trying to put this off as, as real. I think old. I think older. Did you see? So I married an axe murderer. No. Okay. His mom. You should. His mom. You know believes these. Are, she calls it the paper. 
So I think there's a certain maybe age of reader or clientele of the Weekly World News that might think this stuff is real. But anyone under 80 who reads it, it's really laugh out loud funny. So go and check that (laughs) out. So he does meet somebody in the movie that does read these. Exactly. And believes it, actually. And who's an older woman and it's perfect. Did you? (laughs) Now, I know you said this movie didn't jump up and grab you right away. But did you like the team up? Did you like Buzzy and his niece kind of being the, the team? Did that work for you? It, that that will go, I'll get into it more with Sabrina C's. It did kind of creep me out at the very beginning. Like, I just kind (laughs) of, you know, she's at this kind of age that is a little funky for her to be spending the night and, you know, these, this kind of weird and getting put in awkward positions, you know, and you can see her mom is kind of battling it. So yeah, it did seem a little off, but, um, being who it was that was playing these characters, I didn't care. I wanted yeah. to see Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I wanted to see them act together. So I didn't. Right. It didn't. It didn't bother me that much. I think. I think they were also really trying to write him like the Peter Pan syndrome, where you know he's he's supposed yeah. to be a kid too. I agree with you. There was by the time it got to her sleeping on the couch behind him. Yes, and like throwing the blanket off a little bit. I had that moment of a little bit of an ew kind of yeah. moment. But it went away quickly because it was right. like, come on, this is a wonderful world of Disney. It's yes. his niece. They're good friends. Right. You know, she supports him. She's his, she's his greatest fan. Yeah. So I got out. But I, I, I felt that too. That one moment of like, ew. Yeah. But it, actually what you were exactly just talking about, an, an old lady named Abigail comes and visits Buzzy by, of course, breaking into his home. Well, in all fairness, we find out the <laughs> landlord, the landlord let her in because, of course, what landlords do is just randomly let people into right. your apartment, apparently. So there you go. That that was insane. I would be so, <laughs> so upset with my landlord. Like, yeah, do right? not, if you have not actually met this person with me, do not let them in. I mean, yeah. what? Thank you. You just let some burglar or something into yes. my home. I don't care if they look like a nice little old lady. Right. You got this. Who knows what this woman is doing? Right. But it turns out, of course, she is a fan of his work. And she claims, at least at the time, to be a witness to the mysterious Halloween disappearance, which is now by this point, obviously, they've set up, has become huge Hollywood legend, famous folklore um, Sally Shine has become a household name. Everybody knows this story. Right. It's eternal. Um, so she comes in with this big, what he thinks is a big story. Hey, I was there. Everybody knows everything but the why, and I can tell you why. And right. she spins this story that Sally's nanny, who we see very briefly, who's one of the horrible deceased people at the very beginning of our film, mm-hmm. is a witch. Yeah. Who looks very unpleasant. So they've set it up <laughs> so to where it's easy. Yes. Yes. It's easy to believe her because this lady looks not nice at all. Yeah. And not only that, but here's where they again take a super dark turn is she doesn't just say that, oh, she's a witch and she's killed them or banished them. She says she wants Sally Shine to spend eternity in torture and pain. <laughs> Yes, harsh words. She's like 10. Yeah. What did this little girl do to this nanny? I mean, you know? so they're setting it up to where it's not just, hey, she made her disappear. It's she's for 60 years now been in constant pain. <laughs> yes. and that's when I paused it. I was like, oh, my God, how do I eat my popcorn? 
I know. It was so intense. So intense. Right? I mean, that yes. was, that was, that was, uh, you know, very strange. Um, <laughs> I also, did you have any trouble buying that she was a fan of his, that that's why she used it to get to him? Yes, because, and it, it was the way they were interacting too. She was so creepy to me from the beginning. Like she was, I felt not sure about this story. From the beginning of this movie. Not sure about her story that she was telling? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I felt like Me there too. was some crack that we were Me too. not, that wasn't being explained just yet, that we were going to find out. I wasn't yeah. sure exactly what it was. I didn't realize what it would be at the end. But there was something that was, because she was so creepy. There's one point where she goes in for a hug to Buzzy and he... <laughs> he just, he just so jittery around her. And yeah. he, she just is like this like very creepy the way she tells the story and everything. It didn't it didn't seem like she was this distressed person. She seemed creepy about it. She did. There was like an obsession with it. It was weird. Yeah. So I yeah. felt it too. I felt that same thing where something's I up. wasn't trusting this old lady. I yep. normally am a sucker for old ladies. <laughs> I love them. And I was not <laughs> trusting this one yep. farther than I could throw her. Like I believe no. which would have been far because she seems slight. <laughs> she yeah, she seems tiny. Yeah. The other thing they but they did set up the character where I think Steve Gutenberg would have worked for any what anybody comes in with a story. Yes. He's down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he instantly starts figuring out how to portray it. The yeah. scene that we go into not far after there with um, Kirsten Dunst in that wig and that dress was oh. like a laugh out loud moment. It was yes. so funny because she played it so well. Just so embarrassed. Just like, please, I hope nobody sees I me. I am going to die if someone recognizes me it's in this true. awful wig and this baby doll pink dress. Ugh. So anyway, we go from <laughs> His or his house, and we get to meet Q, who's the yes. groundskeeper, and the grandson of the bellhop, who's now apparently the heir to the hotel, if they can solve the mystery of how that happened. But they kind of, they only addressed in one line how you can be a bellhop, which his grandfather was one of the bellhop, was the right. bellhop who disappeared on the elevator. Yes, he was in the elevator with them. But a Apparently, he was also the bellhop was the son of the guy who owns the hotel. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, you're, like, you're like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So here's the thing. I would have taken that story if he was like a young 15 year old. Yes. Right. Like yes. a first a first job. You know, yeah. you're going to work for this. I want you to work from the ground up to really Great be idea. able to understand the workings of everything in this hotel yep. when you own it. Great idea. But the guy already has been married and has a child because otherwise Q wouldn't be here. So he's older. Yeah. And he's still a bellhop. And he's a bellhop still. So that part didn't make sense. No, it was very strange <laughs> how that happened. I had to rewind it to go, wait, what? <laughs> wait, huh? Explain that to me one more time, Q, because I'm not really understanding. Oh, your grandpa was, uh, what, in his, like, 30s, I guess, maybe would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. When he had a baby. And it's also, why, why which they never explained at all, why do you have to solve the mystery of the hotel 
to get the hotel? I think Wouldn't it, you just get the hotel? He, yeah. I think it was more so not that he didn't have the hotel, but he couldn't open it again. They wanted to have that mystery solved but wasn't so it, that I he mean, can open the doors again. Right, but couldn't I guess. he... Because imagine, A, the legal paperwork in having to determine <laughs> if you solve the ghost mystery. Right, yeah. And B, if the hotel was just his... That's prime real estate in L.A. That's a $50 million building. (laughs) He's not allowed to just sell it so they can knock it down and put up condos. Like, I'm sorry, I can't sell this land. I have to solve a I mean, you do have to disclose everything. Everyone already knows this story anyway, but you do have to disclose things like that in real estate. But everybody would know that. So somebody Uh, would go and buy that hotel and open it up as a spooky hotel or something like that. Right. So the idea that he had to solve the mystery before he, again, didn't fully (laughs) get that. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Once inside the hotel, though, which... Q has never set foot in because he's scared. Okay, some people don't like ghosts. I'm not a fan of ghosts. I don't believe in them, but they scare the hell out of me. So I don't know if I would have gone in either. But once you're in there, we get to meet the ghosts who seem really frustrated that they're there. Obviously, it's been 60 years. Um, The nanny's still the main suspect. Mm -hmm. And through a series of conversations with the old lady, we find out that We think a spell has been cast and to release the ghosts to their next destination, Mm -hmm. another spell needs to be cast. And to do that, we need to find a personal object from every person there. Right. Right. To go back in and get these objects from each of the people in the elevator. Right. Everyone that was there, you have to find one thing. So they found it was the hair for Sally, shine. Mm -hmm. The handkerchief. Handkerchief for the nanny. Q brings the hat. Q brings the hat. The locket was the, the locket. was Melora Hardin's actress. Yes. And the, the spectacles. The, the glasses. Spectacles. The little glasses. And the glasses for there. Now, another question I have for you. So they mentioned that the hotel, his his grand his great grandfather was so freaked out by what happened, he shut down the hotel. Yes. Totally understandable. Five people disappeared. It was hit by green lightning. Including his son. His son. We've got to shut this place down. Did he shut it down that night without (laughs) moving a single piece of luggage or furniture or... No investigation, nothing. Just shut it down. The glasses are all in the same place. I mean, they didn't move a single thing. Just shut it down. I know. It was so... In, when they find the the bellhops uh, with the luggage on it, it's just... It's just everybody out. We're shutting it down tonight at 11 o'clock. Yeah, everyone's out. We're not going to look. We're not going to investigate. There's no police tape. There's no anything. Yeah, there's no police tape. That's what kept bugging me. Where's the police tape? There had to have been some type of... Even across the doors of the elevator, there should have been something. Nothing. He kicked everyone out that night. The cigars, pipes, everything left exactly as it was. Nobody touched anything. They didn't clean anything up. That was a little strange. But uh, there is an interesting movie trope here that I think we should spend a little bit of time on because it's a very famous one um, and it's called a MacGuffin and it was made famous by Alfred Hitchcock. Now, a MacGuffin uh, is an object or a device or event that's necessary to the plot and the motivation. It keeps the actors and the characters moving in the right direction, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day is insignificant, completely unimportant and irrelevant to whatever's going on. And that's what these objects were. At the end of the day, 
you really didn't need them much. She kind of uses them a little bit, but you don't really yeah. need She just wanted Sally's hair. That was the only one she cared about. Right. Was Sally's hair. But didn't she originally have Sally's hair? Yes. So then why did they have to get all the rest of them? I don't know. I was really confused as far as, you know, that end part kind of was weird, right? Because yeah. she ends up before she he heads to, and you really, everything has now come surface of who she is and yeah. all of that. And there's a moment where they're in the the apartment and then like, she's, it's, it was very, it started to get muddled for me. I it yeah. didn't, things didn't seem completing, you know, when you watch a movie, there's like completions of certain things. Yeah. They wrap up a storyline, then they move on and wrap yeah, up a storyline. There's on. certain things that complete, get completed and that didn't happen. This is another part of this movie that I was okay to move past some stuff, but then there was some stuff was like, wait, what happened to all the trinkets that they needed where did yeah. they go where are they i don't see them displayed anywhere you know no. it was just kind of it was a little it was a little muddled yeah loving finding out about this MacGuffin. the MacGuffin. <laughs> oh yeah the MacGuffin. <laughs> it was created that. by alfred hitchcock a very famous uh, mystery and it trope. is not an edible object <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well it can be it can be whatever you want but that's yeah it's the MacGuffin. nice As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You mentioned that you wanted to be kind of more scared and spooky and jumping and titillated while you were watching the film. Right. But there were some scary moments inside when they got in there. Were there any moments that made you either jump or that freaked you out a little bit or were a little creepy? Because I have one or two that are a little creepy. No, I the the things that did happen did lean me into recognizing like the director's mm-hmm. work, the the shaky, you know, ink thing and, yep. you know, the certain things that were kind of, but the way the ghost came out from the very beginning kind of shut the creepiness down for me. Oh, okay. So the the headless guy with the with the cleaver, none of that did anything for you? Well, it wasn't headless because, again, I guess I just didn't prep myself for it being a Disney scary movie. It wasn't headless and gory. Right. He just didn't have a head. Right. You know what I mean? It was just kind of. Yeah. okay. You know what the characters did after is what was like, are you kidding me? We're just going to. All right. We're going to go back in days later. That whole thing going back into the house after you've seen this didn't seem like they were freaked out. They should have been freaked out if these were ghosts. They're should be losing their own heads about it, right? Their own minds. I don't disagree. I, I though, have this thing with little kids singing eerie songs while they're dead. Okay. So, like, the, again, going back to Nightmare on Elm Street where the kids are jump roping and they're going, one, two, Freddy's yeah. coming for you. That still uh-huh. gives me chills. Uh-oh. So, when you first hear Sally shine and there's the green shimmer and you kind of see her ethereally yeah. and she's singing, uh-huh. that stuff creeps me out. Little <laughs> little kids singing creepy little songs. That's creepy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, she that was one. She was just so cute. She was, but she did. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was... That anytime you hear the little kids like, hi, uh-huh. I'm dead. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. freaks me out. So that stuff like that got me a little bit. The bats, the bats kind of was maybe a moment. Did the bats That's get little, you? No, it, I don't. I'm not a big, unless it's a really well-timed one. The jump scares don't do it for much as much for me as the psychological scares. Okay. The psychological okay. scares are the ones where, because then I think about it and I dwell on it. And I'm like, is there a little creepy girl behind me singing right you now? You overthink it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. that's uh, that's a little weird. Um, <laughs> so finally, it is revealed after all this that the nanny is not the witch who cursed the elevator, but it was Abigail, the, the older lady. And she's been mm-hmm. living for 60 years in a mental hospital and has an entire trunk that you have to open up that's filled with like the weird altar kind of voodoo doll with the head snapped off. And yikes. Oh, my goodness. I know. It was... That was aggressive. Yeah. 
knowing that that it, the whole thing, it's not that to me, it was really aggressive for it to be her sister. Right. Right. I, I just if she was a little girl that was tormented by her somehow or like somebody who wasn't a family member, the aggression yeah. coming from a family member was just, wow, Abigail, I am so sorry. <laughs> you wonder, though, if there are brothers and sisters of seriously big, famous child actors that grew up just so because, I mean, you're a kid. Yeah. So you're you, you know you you're only seeing your sibling everyone adoring and loving and and oh my god look at fawning over and treating with such respect and right. then you're just like the kid. I mean, I don't know why because my brothers were older than me and were are still 100% supportive, but something about that resonated with me. Knowing yeah. that it's got to be hard to be the brother or sister of especially when you're little, little, 10, 11 years old, of somebody right. super famous and you're And there's not, not a, a big gap between them either. They right. seemed they, they were very close in age too. So, yeah. you know, and you look, if you look back at like her dress compared to Sally's dress that yeah. night, she's looking a little bit more, you know, frumpy looking. Yes. Sally's this adorable pink. Gorgeous little baby doll. And she doll looks like a little doll. Yeah, she looks yes, like a little. You know, and she's just walking in, and people, and she's got right. this big smile, and people are taking pictures, and so that resonated with me also because I know a lot of the times when kids are child actors of that age, mm -hmm. very rarely does one of them go in and get recognized. You bring the mom brings in two or three of her kids. So this is in my head. It's like they both went to their first manager or agent and Sally, you know, erupted and oh, man, she was perfect and we want her. And the yeah. other sister was left behind. So I got in a whole backstory in Abigail my head. Abigail said she couldn't sing. She couldn't, couldn't dance. dance. Yeah, that, just... that really resonated with me. Yeah. But was that Sally's fault, Abigail? Of course no, not. No, it but was not. You don't look at that when you're 11 <laughs> years old. You just look at the fact that your mother is dressing one kid like she's a superstar right. and the other kid like she's waiting in line for bread. Like it just, <laughs> yeah. it does, it looks very strange. So it, yeah, it and it did. was also like black, she was like more black and white. Mm -hmm. um, but they really, yeah, I don't know why that whole idea of the sister holding that much of a grudge kind of resonated with me. And maybe it's because I saw yeah. that. The doll up. was a little bit of a oof for me, though. Oh, because it wasn't even the like head. the head was removed. It would like yeah. flop backward. It was backward. still on, just flop back. That was like, oh, gross. I, oh, Super creepy. Wow, you've got issues, Abby. I'd also like to, to point out that this is now the second time in this film where it's just okay to let somebody else into your apartment. Okay. Yes. This is part of one of my Sabrina season. Obviously, I knew you'd get this because it just made absolutely zero sense and just lets her in. She's being very clear. She does not know Abigail. She's right. she's talk, she's learning things from this man. And is a reporter. And is a reporter. And and then they go to a flash type situation or they're they somehow are out of it and or I think we go to a different scene and when then she we come back to the the uh you know facility that Abigail lives in. Yeah. 
She's in the room by herself. The guy yeah. just left and then comes storming in and is like, excuse me, what are you doing? And it's like, what you do you think I'm going to do right now, sir? I'm going to look around everywhere. You've given me full reign. Yeah, free access. <laughs> free to access to this apartment of yeah. a person that you know I'm doing a report on. What do you think I'm going to do? Yeah. It was very strange. And then strange. I loved his, you know, I'm, I'm going to deny yeah, everything. I'm going to deny it. And then I'm going to have you arrested. Like, and then what? I'm going to have you arrested. I'm, can you have her arrested when you open the door willingly? No, it's not trespassing if somebody <laughs> op- takes the key and lets you in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then, then she ends up with the items back at Buzz's apartment. Yeah, she, the guy takes the papers from her, but she manages to get the voodoo doll out. And the doll. How did she get the doll? She How threw it in her she bag. Get- she threw it in the bag. Oh, I actually saw it because I rewound okay. it and you can actually see her put the doll in the back. Yeah, I it, watched it twice and didn't see I it. I thought the same thing. You see her shove stuff in her bag, but she's about to then do the papers after and he grabs the papers from her. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, All right. And then, of, of course, we get the big M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong moment <laughs> where uh, all of a sudden you find out she's, you know, it's not the nanny. Abigail's the witch. Mm-hmm. She wants to reinstate the curse of 60 years because apparently just being dead isn't enough for her. I guess not. She wants to start it over. Because <laughs> she wants what we find out is the original spell was supposed to make the elevator crash. Right. They weren't supposed to disappear. They were supposed to crash. So, yes, you were still supposed to, she was supposed to die. But she's upset that she's made her sister a legend. Right. So now she wants to crash the elevator again to finish what she started then to kill her ghost? Yes, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how that was going to make it better, but I guess that's what she needed to do. Or maybe she then is trying to get her to a deeper circle of torment and pain because the one she thought she put her in wasn't good enough. She makes a comment that she says she's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So then I was trying to figure out do you mean she's showing up in your facility that you live in? <laughs> Where do you, do you mean by she's everywhere? Was it it was her fame? Yeah, she's James Dean. She's every, yes, she's, she's Marilyn everywhere. Monroe. She's everywhere. So what thinking she was going to kill her and get rid of her, she, instead what she did was make her eternal. Okay. And so it's the opposite of what she actually wanted to happen. So now she's got to go and kill her again. Kill her ghost, I guess. The best best part, because, you know, she's creepy and she kind of obviously gets creepier and creepier when she's out by the gate and she's oh. like, like she's, oh, my gosh, yeah, I know. Abigail. And then my favorite part of her this whole movie was when she has the cape on and she's walking and then it's like, <laughs> her over the shoulder is like, ah, that was the only part where I'm like, whoa, okay, now this is good because she's finally at that creeper level right? that is actually scary. I could actually get nervous in the dark thinking about Abigail in that moment. Now, here's my question for you, and you know Disney better than I do, and I think some of our producers may need to, to chime, chime in on in. this as well. Okay, Were they... Isn't there a famous scene from, I think it's Cinderella or Snow White? Snow White's the one with the apple, right? Yes. Isn't there a famous scene where the witch is in the hood 
and turns creepily towards the camera. Yes, that's Snow White. Do you think that's what they were trying to do with that shot? Oh, that's a good, that's good, Will. I like that. Because that's what I thought. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that's that's an Easter egg. That's a Disney Easter egg. Yeah, that Um, is. I thought that's what it was. Old lady in a hood. Also, she's very cute. She's still a cute old she lady, is. so she's not the witch of Snow White. No, but, I know. But that's a good one. I love that, Will. I didn't know if that's what they were doing. Oh, if it's not, let's put that out into the <laughs> internet. All right, good. Get, the, get that going. And now, of course, we they, you, they've got to tie in the ride, so we end the movie. It's modern day. Well, we, we amidst the chaos, the, the spell's been cast. The elevators crash down but they switch it because she's able to reverse the spell because the only thing that could stop the spell is its opposite, which was her Sally forgiving. And mm-hmm. it all works. We end the movie modern day. Um, you know, the, the the ghosts finally make it to heaven, I imagine, is where they want to yeah, be. They Abigail off. dies too, I guess. Abigail dies? That was not something I was expecting Me at either. all. I thought it'd be like, I'll see you when you get here. But no, they go and grab Abigail too. Yeah, I kept thinking she was going to join somehow in not as a little girl, not yep. actually now Abigail is also Gone. Death. That's a lot of death yeah. in a Disney movie. They're all they're all dead. They and that was the big payoff at the end is they died at the beginning, but at the end they got to die again. We get um, an engagement. We always love engagements. Get, I like. I'm not gonna lie. I got a little teared up towards the end where everybody's filling their final wish. You know, uh-huh. the nanny gets her to her parents. She gets to see her parents. She gets to sing her song. Laura Harden gets to sing her song. Mm-hmm. They 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 get engaged. The bellhop gets to go back to his dad and say, "Hey, why am I still a bellhop? I'm 35 yeah. and have children." Um, <laughs> so yes, I I liked this movie. I didn't love it, but I certainly liked it. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see what other people think about this movie. And as yes. you know, every week we do our real reviews where we do one five star and one one star. I think last week you did the one star. Is that correct? Yes. I'll do the five star. I really want to hear you read this, <laughs> this one star. It's pretty good. All right. But starting off with the five star from Mickey Bear 221. I love this movie. I went on the ride in Walt Disney World when I was five, though I didn't like the ride too much. I loved the movie. It is scary in some parts, especially when they play eerie music for the little kids and people that haven't seen the movie before. But it's very entertaining, and it was a good plot twist in the end. All right. That's a solid review. Yes. You know. I have the one star, which is not as solid a review. This is from Balvanti. I think I'm saying the name right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read this uh, with the emphasis the way that they wanted it with the exclamation points. <laughs> so Tower of Terror ruined Steve Gutenberg's career. As I struggled to finish this movie, I realized that this entire film was to promote the ride Tower of Terror in a long line of attraction theme park stunts. Obviously. I never understood why any type of actor would ever choose such a lousy way to ruin their career by making a horrible sellout decision. Even my grandma said that this movie was absolutely horrible. (laughs) That's what it is. It's like, if my grandmother doesn't like it, at least Dunce's career wasn't completely halted by an incredibly wretched acting and corporate American sellout. That's I mean, dang. (laughs) 
That is like even my grandma harsh, harsh. Because he's not even just talking about the movie; he's talking about the failing of the career. I mean, yeah, I know. And let's be honest. Steve Gutenberg was a little big in this movie. I think he suffered a little bit from what I call Disney-itis, which is some actors get into Disney movies and feel like they have to ham it up a bit more than they would play it real. So maybe not the best. It's not Cocoon. It's not his, his, you know, Steve Gutenberg's best performance, but it's he's in a Disney movie. Yeah. But that was yikes. I know. I that made me feel so bad for Steve because I it was not the goop. I jeez. Yeah. I just I mean that was harsh. It was I harsh. hope I that guy never watches anything I ever do. Oh, gee, because or his grandma. He clearly, or his grandma. Clearly go on and bash to the worst extent. That was I just agree. so harsh. I couldn't Let's believe it. Let's do our uh, our other wonderful thing we do every week, which is our three and a half facts. As you know, this is three facts that we know for a fact or fact. And yes. one fact that we've heard about that's more of a rumor and we're not entirely sure. So we're putting it out there more as a rumor possibly as well, but it could be real. Yeah. According to the internet machine. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you got? Why don't you give it a start with, with our first All one? All right. Before Disney landed on Twilight Zone theme for the ride, some other ideas were thrown around. A ride based on Stephen King's novel, a Vincent Price ghost tour, a Mel Brooks narrated haunted honeymoon concept, and even an award show honoring classic movie monsters like Godzilla, hosted by Eddie Murphy and Elvira. Okay, well, I got to be honest. I'm glad they went with Twilight Zone. I am too, but at the end of the day, knowing Disney, they would have hit it out of the park with whatever. I mean, can you imagine? I think Stephen King novels would have just been too scary. Right. How would they really Disney-fy that? Yeah. Yeah, if you're you're waiting in line, and while you're waiting in line, you're walking through the pet cemetery, and the the it clown is there. I mean, kids are going to be losing (laughs) it. So yeah, I couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, Our number two fact is, though this was the first movie based on any ride at Disneyland, it wasn't the first thing filmed for Tower of Terror. Legendary director Joe Dante filmed the pre-ride short film that was shown to theme park guests in line, and it told the exact same backstory as the movie, and even still starred Lindsay Ridgway as Sally Shine, who'd later reclaim the role for the movie. Now, um, this amazed me for a number of reasons. One, we talked about how great Lindsay was, but little kids grow up really fast. So mm-hmm. if you go and you watch the ride, she's definitely younger. But to be able to still play the same role three years later. Yes. Was pretty amazing to me because you she was the eerie little girl who would wave to you right as the thing would drop. Uh-huh. And she didn't look that different in the movie. And it was no. three years later. No, yeah. three years later, especially at around that age, how much you typically That's what I mean. grow yeah. a lot, you know. And, and quickly. And very fast. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, I didn't grow that much <laughs> ever. <laughs> no. So I guess Lindsay and I share that in common. Uh, I guess that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, she was always not a small a very girl. T- she might not. She's probably not 6'2 now. <laughs> she's not. She's not. She is, however, a fitness instructor and just in amazing shape. But she's oh, still, wow. I think, a very little girl. Oh, geez. So what's number three? All right. The third one I love because it's something, you know, Sabrina C's-esque. So I'm excited to do this one. A mistake in the movie. In the opening 1939 flashback scene, when the hotel is struck by lightning, you see the famous Capitol Records building in the background. But the Capitol Records building was not completed until 1956, well past the day of this incident. 
So there you go. That is a a rare mistake. Cool to know. Did not digitize out the Capitol Records building, which is right there in the background. Right. Here's our half fact, which is so cool. And I I mean, I'm hoping it's true, but then you figure out where it's going to go from there. So a reboot of Tower of Terror, a new movie starring and produced by Scarlett Johansson, has been on the docket for Disney now for a few years with Pixar writer Josh Cooley attached. But... With the recent lawsuit between the studio and Scarlett about the release of Black Widow being settled for 40 million bucks, nice little payday, its future is still up in the air. So we have no idea if it is or isn't happening. Right. And I would think that now that they, but again, who knows? I was going to say now that they switched the Tower of Terror in California, at least, I think it's still Tower of Terror in, in Florida. Yes. But now that they switched it to Guardians in LA, who knows if yeah, they're going to the new generation here on this West Coast side doesn't really know what Tower of Terror is because it's been Guardians for a while now. A while now, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, very strange. But I'd, I'd I'd be interested in to to know why Scarlett would want to produce this this remake. Maybe this was one of her favorite yeah. movies growing up. I mean, what drew her to you it? You never know. I think that's cool. Yeah, doing a reboot's awesome. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me? Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the My Cultura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Wednesday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We figured as we were talking about something like the Tower of Terror, which of course was, as we said at the beginning, the very first ever movie that was based on a ride and not the other way around, we thought we would talked a little bit about all the Disney rides that inspired movies that Disney has made since the Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. Because now it's happened more. Right. So the Haunted Mansion. Twice. twice. Yeah. Uh, so we've seen those. Tomorrowland. I haven't seen Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland is uh, George Clooney. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Can you believe that? It's actually, it's pretty good. It's very is clever. It? It's okay. a really expensive movie. This is not yeah. a wonderful world of Disney movie. I mean, they are going to Going to Tomorrowland. It's really, really cool the way that they do it. George Clooney's always great. Jungle Cruise, which I haven't seen. Did you see that one? No. Uh, yes, yes. The new one. The, or right. the It's newer age. Yeah, I did. It's it, Is that The Rock? Yes. It's and so good. And Emily Blunt, right? It's so good. I loved it. Is it really? I okay. loved I have it. Not, yes. I have not seen Jungle Cruise yet. Yes. Um, I, I thought there'd probably be another one because I really liked really? it. Really? Okay. Really All right. I'm going to have to check that out. The Country Bears. I did not know that. I didn't know there was a movie or anything on the Country Bears. I think I've seen the Country Bear Jamboree. I know what area of Disneyland it used to be because it's gone now. Is it? The Winnie the Pooh ride is in that area Uh, now. That whole area is not there over by Splash Mountain at Disneyland. God. Do you think there's ever going to be a Lollapalooza type tour with all of these old animatronic bands where it's going to be like (laughs) the Country Bear Jamboree is going to be opening for the band that was always at Chuck E. Cheese? You know, like they've gotten rid of all those. Chuck E. Cheese doesn't even really have that anymore. The mouse comes out. It's That's what I'm saying. So all these old bands are going to get together and do a festival, (laughs) uh, the animatronic festival. I love it. Who would go to it? Because none of the kids nowadays know anything about animatronic I would go just for the comedy. And if you can get that many. That many people to Firefest, you can get people to this. Um, (laughs) And of course, the biggest one of all time by far is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So now my question for you is, of all the rides that are out there that they haven't made a movie on, what would you pick to do the next movie? Okay, so there's not a lot of rides that aren't connected to movies. Even, I mean, well, Splash Mountain was an old movie. They're redoing that for Princess Frog. Right, yeah, right, okay. With Tiana. Yeah. Um, at Disneyland. Splash Mountain is under construction right, right, right. now to do Sorry, that. Folks, parks closed. Moose out front should have told you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there's that. You've got Big Thunder. I'd go Big Thunder. I think Big Thunder, I mean, it's either that Space Mountain. Or the Matterhorn. They that's not that off of work. a movie, right? The yeah. other one with the new land they have at Disney. Have you heard of this Star Wars? That could be a good movie. <laughs> 
Yeah. I see somehow a backstory there. It's a pretty there. big land, so maybe. I think they could do I'm it. sure a few people will go and watch a movie like that. A big few. Thunder Mountain. Big yes, Thunder let's Mountain. Go, let's go Western style. That's what I'm saying. And get a bunch of country artists involved. Oh, or, or we could not have country music, either one. Um, but... We could. I'm always down for a musical, Will. It has I to know, be music I know. Uh, God, you're combining two of my favorite things, country <laughs> and musicals. Um, no, somebody, a kid and his family gets on a small roller coaster and somehow something happens in the ride and they're transported back to the Wild West. Oh, I love that. And maybe the family has to rebuild the roller coaster back in the day or something yeah. like that. And yeah. it's Big Thunder Mountain. So uh, I yeah. think that could, by the way, that's trademarked. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Wilford L. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Industries, magical magical rewind Industries. That's trademark Ricky Bobby. Um, <laughs> so that's it. I mean, I want to get into Sabrina C's right now because right. I'm dying to know what you saw in this movie, and then we got to rate it. And I know the rating system is going to be a little different on this one. So go ahead. Okay. So first. The big thing I really wanted to highlight was the music of this movie. I yeah. really did love it. You know, I'm like so driven by music. The very first scene is yeah, what I wish I lived in. Just that swing dancing, yep. big band. Yep. Awesome. You know, just the 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 cocktails and the coops. <laughs> I mean, I just <laughs> I loved everything. I loved Agreed. their their costuming and the grandness of what you felt like it would be at that big, you know, cause it's a real, a real place in Hollywood, right? Yeah. This, you know, yeah. it is an actual building that you drive by. It's easy to, to drive by and it's like old Hollywood, you know, I agree. thinking Marilyn Monroe would be in the corner and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was my thing. I loved that the music was awesome right from the beginning. And then the big things that I kept seeing like was just the, the movements of music with that would bring the characters in and bring that scary vibe. Again, I wasn't terrified through this movie, but I loved right. the music. And I loved like how you could feel the goosebumps starting to come by just the score alone. Yeah. So that was like my favorite aspect of this movie. I thought that, and it was all throughout the whole movie when there yeah. was something that made sense, you know, even when she went back home and she's getting her way with her mom while her mom's planting the tree to get to go with her uncle again. It, all of it, the music just really struck me. I don't know why. I really loved it. I, I agree. I thought it was great. The other thing I started having to just note down because there was just so many how bad of an uncle this guy was. He was such a bad <laughs> Uncle. Like, it's so I, true. And I think maybe by the time the couch scene happened, he had been such a bad uncle so many times that it it was really unnerving that he would be put in the opportunity to even watch her overnight. Yeah. Not saying anything yeah. weird, creepy, but that he was just really not mindful of being an adult in the situation. One of the first things is he's um leaves and an, he leaves her with with Abigail. Yeah. In his apartment, he just goes and leaves her. Well, in all fairness, they knew her for almost 10 minutes. Right. 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. He 
uh, leaving her in the front while he has this like kind of romantic thing with the ghost a little bit. Like he starts kind of falling in love with the Wasn't ghost. Romantic and yeah, that part was confusing. Yeah, we didn't even get. I didn't even want to touch on all. Anyway, that. he left her in front of this haunted place. This actual haunted that he yeah. saw. He'd already seen stuff. Yeah. They know that there's ghosts in there. He leaves her in the front door. The door's wide open. He leaves her. It, 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 he just continued to do that. And and with the ghosts, <laughs> it, it, he just, it, like, he just didn't really care about his niece. And that was no. just so, it started to irritate me. Like, <laughs> she's your responsibility. Monroe will never go with somebody like that. <laughs> Gotta get the story. Gotta get the story. Gotta get the story. So his bad behavior and bad adulting was one of the most jarring Sabrina seeds for me. I just started writing down. There's a ton more, but... <laughs> <laughs> We've gone through so many of them. It's just kind of uh, yeah. kind of insane. And then the last thing I didn't really understand what the love connection or not love connection between him and his reporter friend. They was none kind of. Well, they mentioned in the beginning that there was supposed to be a date. Right. And then and she's irritated. But you right. can't tell if she's irritated because he screwed her over in dates situations or if she's just still so disappointed in him for not fact like fact checking they were the, exes i think they, uh, yeah. they alluded to the fact that they had dated and then there was a weird thing where he goes in and says i've got this story she says i don't want the story he turns and leaves and then comes back and says he wants to get lobster with her Yes, like, that's remember that sushi saying. place? It was very weird. And there was no, again, this was one of the things that just, there was no completion. There was no, yeah. they're either just going to be friends or yeah. they're going to go ahead and give it another go. That and was so strange to me. flirts with Melora Hardin and she floats back. He definitely flirts with her. He is trying to get a date with her. No problem. Yeah, talk about being ghosted. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, come on, but then... She then Mia Peoples kisses him at the like out of nowhere, just grabs him and kisses the dude. Just grabs, yes, like it just kind of. I don't know. It just it, the, it was a little that relationship was a little wonky to me. It didn't make sense. I, I the all the love story aspects were very because I you, you didn't also, really know that the actor. Was, I was just saying the same thing that they were together. You didn't. It was no. I did, and again, another part of the creepy uncle situation. You didn't realize they were like. I feel they should have established that this was an uncle niece earlier than they did. It took a little too long for them to say uncle, whatever, or my year, my niece, whatever it was. And they had to keep him the uncle because he would have been such a bad father. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like let's make him the uncle. At least there's a chance where it's not his kid. It's like okay, (laughs) you're not actually my responsibility. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So So. okay, we we I. I liked the movie. I didn't love the movie, but I certainly liked it. It was it was enjoyable, yeah. but it was definitely interesting to see the difference between a wonderful world of Disney and a decom because yes. they are very different. Not so much my date with the president's daughter and some of the decoms. Those were more similar. Yeah. But this very I, much bigger actors based on the adults, bigger yeah, budget. You're you're chiming into that based on yeah. adults is just a huge difference for yeah. sure. Oh, way different. Way different. Yeah. So why don't we uh why don't we rate this movie? The question is. Rate them by uh, what? Exactly. <laughs> by by how many jealous sisters, sons of bellhops, wrongfully accused nanny. I, I would, uh, instead of ghost moans, how about creepy little girl moans? Um, yes. Inappropriate <laughs> uncles? How many, like, what do we want to? 
We can't do inappropriate angles. <laughs> no, I'm no. gonna have to X-name that one no, right away. Putting, putting your foot down. <laughs> we can't do that. Okay, fair we enough. Not do that one. What do you got? I'm gonna let you pick what uh, our options are. I think are. we'll do creepy little girl moans. Okay, <laughs> go, go, creepy little girl ghost moans. All right. So out of ten, one being the worst and ten being the best, how many creepy little girl moans do you give this movie? Oh, I think I'm going to just get reamed for this, but I'm going to go with the 6.5 creepy oh, okay. little girl ghost moans. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not going to be too far away from you. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Seven creepy little girl ghost moans. And I'm going to give it a seven because, uh, it was, it was big swinging for the fences. Uh, with Wonderful World of Disney. It changed the ball game when it came to Disney park rides and things yes. like that. And we talked about DJ McHale coming on to direct who was doing Are You Afraid of the Dark? And this movie is the perfect example of how difficult it is to ride that line between spooky and scary for younger people. For a younger audience. Absolutely. Because you can't go saw, gory, Mm-mm. creepy, oh my God, somebody's got razor blades on their fingers or creepy teeth like in It. You, yeah. you have to ride that line between you can kind of see where the ghosts are coming from and things are shaking and it's and it's done with music and stuff like that. So because mm-hmm. that's such a difficult line and because DJ McHale is the, a master at it, um, I'm I'm going to stick with seven. And I think that's yeah, I think that's all. I think I, I this was a movie for me. I couldn't shut off the way we talked about and just let it let myself enjoy it. Right. I feel it's like it's happen. probably because of the genre that it was yeah. in. You know, the genre that I, if I want to see something scary, I want to see something scary versus right. realizing this was meant for a family to sit down and watch and right. and enjoy together. So I, for whatever reason, with this movie, wasn't able to do that. So I didn't allow myself to enjoy it as much. Maybe I'll take a break and I'll watch it again. I wonder if you watch it with Monroe. Maybe I'll watch it with Monroe. Yeah. And if you see how, how scared Like if she, she gets kind of scared. Right. Then it might like Christmas. It's like it comes back again for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. If it was around Halloween time, too, you know, that kind of gets you in the mood. That makes sense. You get the whole vibe. I understand. But it makes me excited to watch the movies that we will watch. Halloween Town, all of that. We're going to watch those kinds of movies, All the Halloween spooky ones. I can't wait. Well, thank you all for joining us as we recapped Tower of Terror, uh, the 1997 Wonderful World of Disney uh, juggernaut, frankly, that started the whole Disney kind of thing of doing the movies because of the rides it's man they they can just make a movie out of anything it's pretty right great. so our next movie is the 2002 cheerleader comedy gotta kick it up with oscar nominee america ferrara so Ugh. we got i i know nothing about this nothing. movie. nothing until i read cheerleader comedy i had okay. no idea what this movie was about no i'm going get- in blind with this movie. wow all right so it's a I'm, good one. It is okay. I'm very, yeah. I'm very excited. I can't. I am a big cheerleader movie fan. That sounds creepy, but I am the br- <laughs> the Bring It On. Bring it on. Like, bring it on yes. was a great movie. Oh yeah. So all I, seven of them were pretty good. Were there seven Bring It On? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh wow. That's I did not <laughs> there, know. That. I think I think it's seven. There might be I, more. To I be think honest, I only saw. They're the making first one. a lot of them. Yeah, I think I only saw the first one. So I didn't even know what that was. But if you want to uh, watch along with us, Gotta Kick It Up is on Disney+. Plus, So you can join us. uh, Make sure you watch it or don't and let us first talk about it. And then you can go back and watch it after that. But until then, remember to subscribe to our feed and you can follow us at Magical Rewind Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information you never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials so it's best to always pack a columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie to protect against the sun i mean it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot that's a win-win columbia pfg has a lot of great gear so before you head out on the water head over to columbia.com pfg to shop their performance fishing gear 